Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and my dearest friend, Melinda Schmidt, is joining me today. Always glad to have you on the podcast. You are honestly the best conversation partner I think I've ever had. (laughs) Well, Mike, my dear husband, Mike, is a great one, too. And your husband, Dave, also really great conversation partners. But in the female realm, I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, the feeling and experience (laughs) is mutual, and we've been having conversations for I don't want to say decades now, but for a long, long kind of <laughs> yeah, a and, long time, and never run out of topics or or thoughts that That's we're true. interested in hearing from each other. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and today's conversation, um, really, um, I guess the catalyst for it was the podcast that. Um, I released previous to this one. And so if you haven't heard it, that's with Marla Taviano. Um, You might want to go back and take a listen. We'll talk a little bit about that during the podcast today. But I think one of the things that um, talking with Marla made me think about was the fact that as spiritual directors, Mike and I um, have people coming to us often because they are experiencing either a crisis of faith or some doubts Mm. or are wanting someone to companion them on the journey to bounce things off of, or they're in a process of deconstructing their faith or in Richard Rohr's language, reordering or the disorder that has come. And Mm. I think there are many of us who are uh, our age, boomers and younger too, um, who are going through faith shifts. And certainly Marla is no exception. She's younger than we are by, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Maybe she'll hear that and go, Oh no, I'm a lot younger. About than 20 that. years. Yeah, maybe. I don't know <laughs> what it is now, but, but, um, but I think that's a, not, I think that definitely is a part of her story and a part of her ongoing story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she mentioned, she said, you know, and I'm, I'm talking to people in their sixties and seventies, and they're having some of these questions of faith as well. And what a time it is. I yeah. think it feels like a, a perhaps threatening time to some. I know mm-hmm. that for sure, because yeah. I have friends who uh, don't like this kind of conversation and find, you know, they want an easy answer and fix. And it's really threatening to them, mm-hmm. you know, can even be anxiety producing to oh, think yes. about questioning yes. um, faith. And they're anxious if their children are asking big questions or disbelieving or what's going to happen to them and are they going to go to hell and on and on. And if we make some kind of a change, what does that mean for our family? Will there be family or friends who will walk away from us because they don't like what's happening with us? So I think that compounds the anxiety too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, You know, one thing that I walked away from after our conversation with Marla, who was a former midday guest and now calls herself an agnostic, which I find fascinating, um, is the amount of pain that Mm -hmm. she recognizes. I mean, legitimate pain of um, big questions like evil. How does God allow fill in the blank? 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we it, we can try and try to answer that question. I remember a college professor saying, well, you know, this is God's story, not our story, and we can't question and so forth. Um, and I mentioned during the podcast, you know, we have a, a neighbor here in our apartment complex whose son took his life in one of the garages here at the beginning of the week. And this is a big question. Um, how could this have happened? That's what the mom asks. Mm-hmm. Was this, this was the point of my son being born? This mm-hmm. was a divine purpose. Mm-hmm. And then the father is asking, where is he? Mm-hmm. Where is he? And where is heaven and so forth? So, you know, Marla was asking those big questions and asking big questions of evil and systemic evil, and also expressing a, about the regret and pain around the institutionalism of the church mm-hmm. in America and white institutionalism. Yeah. And I say, thank goodness for this wake up call. Mm-hmm. Again, I have friends who do not want to look at, to, at that question. Yes. It's in the past. This is now. And yet there's a feeling and I I catch that. I know you do too from Marla that we need some healing. We need to recognize, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this deep pain. So, and, and injustice really, and the injustice that the church has supported. And I think that has so blown away so many over the last decades, but more recently, I would say since COVID Yes. You know, we're unearthing these stories. And I know, Anita, Mm -hmm. you and Mike in Sarasota have had the opportunity to listen to voices. I'm thinking of that Nobel. Yeah. The, you know, we have a community speaker series at our Mm -hmm. church that I'm so grateful for. Um, And we've had Taylor Branch, Nobel Prize winner in um, literature, I believe, um, who's written uh, on the, the, uh, civil rights movement. Um, we've had Brian McLaren, Amy Jill Levine, um, Jen Hatmaker. Um, we're going to have David French coming up mm-hmm. this next year. Uh, Michael Gerson, who has passed away, but a wonderful, well, he was actually a, wasn't he a speechwriter in the George yes. W. Bush White House and then became a columnist for um, one of the major papers, I should know that. But anyway, yes, I mean, we have been listening to a variety of voices who are saying n- not dissimilar things to what we're talking about here today. Yeah. There's great upheaval. Right. Society, let alone the church. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, we heard that from yes. Marla and her is it white girl learning yes instagram Instagram account it's very worth research she is doing Mm -hmm. and you know we we said told her she's an influencer i don't know if i'm an influencer (laughs) she's an influencer oh yeah she is doing the research and putting it out there okay then i thought of myself after afterwards i thought of marlon i thought of myself and i was saying God is so big and look at the galaxies (laughs) and he's full of awe and mystery and our faith should um, hold space for that mystery. If we're not mystified by God, then that's to me, is it really being real? And I thought of these different observations, you know, here is, is Marla talking about the deep, real pain. And then I'm going, Oh, isn't God magnificent. And I looked at the Milky way and I was like, I'm hooking my cart to that person. God is so amazing. It just pointed out to me these differences and observations or where we're landing mm-hmm. um, in our faith journeys and what is meaningful to us. And does that come from our Enneagram number, mm-hmm. our Myers-Briggs profile, our personality, 
our ancestry. I know, you know, in a little bit, we're going to talk about some things that have bubbled up for you, but Mm -hmm. just these differences of, of where we individually are. Absolutely. Where we used to all be on the same train, right? I think so. That's what, certainly path, what it felt like. Yeah. Go to this church, believe yes. this, follow these authors and yeah. end up here. Well, Done. everything was very black and white. Well, and that's yeah. why, as you talked about earlier, some friends just don't even want to think about the, the, these changes and, and it's, you know, very discomforting. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's very comfortable when everything is cut and dried, black and white, yeah. neat as a pin. Well, life as we know is messy. Well, yeah. you know, it doesn't take much to figure that out, but I think we have managed for years to kind of keep it within, within certain confines, but man, I think those walls have broken down. Well, there's a cost to think. There's oh, a cost. Absolutely. At- feeling there's a cost at digging you don't know what you'll find and you know I know some people how many of us have heard the phrase well this is who I am and I'm not going to change like they can't change no it's not that they can't change they won't change why won't they change too scary this will never where will I end up what Mm -hmm. will this do to my relationships like you mentioned Anita so yeah it's it, it takes um courage to look. It takes courage to open the box when you don't know what's in it. Agree. I agree. Our, open our hearts or our, our, our minds to, to God or the Bible or whatever, to open it in new ways it takes a lot of courage. Well, and I think uh, sometimes what happens is the pain of staying the same finally gets to a point mm-hmm. where it feels greater than the pain or the uncertainty of opening the box. Mm-hmm. There's got, there's usually some inciting incident that like you were just talking about in the life of these parents, a a child who has taken their Mm -hmm. life. Um, uh, someone in the family stepped forward and said, Hey, I was sexually abused in Mm -hmm. the church when I was Mm -hmm. nine years old or what, Mm -hmm. you know, some inciting incident or, Oh, my spouse just said, just filed for divorce. What, you know, something, um, that comes forward and is the box opener, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Because honestly, I, you know, we've been in California now about two and a half years and it's been full of transformation at a cost. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say, I'd rather be back in Wheaton, Illinois and be stupid. (laughs) I I know (laughs) this has been way. way too much digging and work and tears. And, um, as you said, it's, you know, widely known that sometimes a, a big, a big event can unearth some other things. And so, totally, yeah, you know, unless, unless that happens pretty much, we want to stay in our lane, don't we? Oh yeah. I, uh, Mike and I celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary just recently. And while we were having a nice meal out, we were talking about high points of our 18 years and et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I said is I think, the most growth in our marriage and our relationship has come in the last seven years after moving from Mm, our 30 plus years in Chicago upheaval, which, you know, looks great. Oh, Sarasota, Florida, beautiful, you know, or California, lovely. Same for us. Yes. I'm so um, glad you said that. Yes. So we, we talked about that and I, and I said, and, and that's, it's a, it's both a good thing and a hard thing. Mm -hmm. It's, 
it's all of those things. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, but life is not the same. Yeah, life is not the same. So the journey that Marla spoke about or that we're talking about, you know, isn't for everybody. It depends where you're at. But I think we really wanted to encourage people like, you know, you're not alone. And we said that you absolutely. Know, a few times. You're not alone. But, you know, afterwards, you and I were talking yeah. too about what bubbled up for you oh, yeah. as you see kind of these shift in what we know is evangelicalism. Um, mm -hmm. That's our lane that we've been in. But in faith, what are you, what are some of the topics that you're seeing bubble up with well, people I, as we see these shifts? Totally. Well, I think one of the things that came to the forefront for me, and I think it has been more and more and more, and that is, and I don't, I, I want to I might say this in the negative, but I want to try and reframe it in the, into the positive. But I, I do look at the church. I love the church, but the church is struggling. The church is, um, yeah, is struggling. And I sometimes look at people's crisis of faith and, and have thought a lot about how has the church failed or where have we gone wrong in the process of discipleship? Mm. of really laying a strong foundation. I, you know, I've, I love following Rich Velotis on social media. He is the senior lead pastor at uh, New Life uh, Community, I think New Life Church or New Life Community Church in Elmhurst, Queens, New York. Um, it's the church where Pete Scazzaro was for mm -hmm. years and Pete mm -hmm. and Jerry were. And uh, so, and, and, uh, Rich talks about, wrote a book called The Deeply Formed Life. Mm. And his comments in that book is, sadly, we have done, not done a great job of deeply forming people who are sitting in the pew. There are a lot of shallowly formed Christians floating around in the world. And so when, you know, he didn't doesn't say it this way, but I will, when a hangnail comes, you know, we throw our arms up and we're not, our feet are not on a really solid foundation. So, um, well, and haven't we seen that in the last few years since oh, COVID? Yes, totally. How many people like what happened to them? Their voices got louder and angrier. And I'm talking about Christians. Yes. Instead of curious yes. or soft hearted or yes. be a sage and sit back in your chair and observe yes. before you speak. I'm always uh, often saying, I just said it to another friend this week. What happened to the fruit of the spirit? In the lives oh, yes. of some people? I, that's where I go. Right. And then I, and then I go, okay, Anita, where's the fruit of the spirit in your life? I've right, got to, right. you know, point back right. at myself. Right. Um, which is maturity, by the way, <laughs> you know, what do they say? Self-reflection you know? and self-critique yes. is a, that's a psychological statement. Yes. You hear in those circles is a sign of maturity. When Richard Rohr talks about how we are, um, very much in a living in a reactive society versus a reflective well society to your point well of said. being, you know, right. reflective. Yeah. Right. Or reaction versus responding. Yes. Well, yeah. so, so let me just continue that stream of thought talking about being deeply formed instead of shallowly formed. And I'll step back to Pete Scazzaro, who has written for years mm -hmm. on 
emotionally healthy spirituality. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that that is a missing piece in Mm -hmm. many people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it takes work. You've got to look at your family of origin. You've got to look at your relationships, your marriage relationship, your, you know, faith of origin, faith of origin, right on, right? Exactly. And what does an emotionally healthy person, Alison Cook, who I also follow and love her books, Mm -hmm. she says, um, knowledge of, and she's not the only one that says this, this goes way back to church fathers, church mothers, Um, um, knowledge of self and knowledge of God cannot be unlinked. Knowledge of self is as important as knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, I grew up and you likely did too, that it was all about knowledge of God. No more, no more God knowledge, God knowledge. Well, my self-knowledge was so poor. I did not develop a sense of selfhood. I did not develop an emotional core an emotionally healthy core, let alone a spiritually healthy core, because the two cannot be unlinked. I am, yeah. I believe this so strongly. Yeah. I'm thinking of that quote from Dr. Klaus Isler. Um, the core of childhood formation is primarily rule keeping. That's for children. But the core of adult formation is growing into the way of wisdom with a heart formed like Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. I, I came across a, a graphic um, recently about how we've been trained in our faith communities to learn who God is. And it had three columns. And one was, is God unreliable, illogical, best ignored and disinterested or unconcerned? Is God strictly rule bound, extreme, demanding and angry? Or is God consistent balanced, safe, and caring. Hmm. It's really interesting to think about some of that as well in our own formation, if we care to, because it's again, the origins, the origins, family of origin, faith of origin. And I think as a boomer, I'm so shocked that at my age, it is well worth my time to look at those spaces and to see how they are operating in my life now. And how does this come back to faith? I think it comes back to personal formation and transformation and faith formation and transformation as well. And I've always thought of Psalm 51, six, where, uh, you know, David had his affair with Bathsheba and he's confronted and uh, the words of that scripture verse are that God wants us to know the truth in our hearts. Right. But so often we're knowing the truth of the institution or our favorite leader. And it's amazing to me how really many people are moving from that early stage faith of follow the leader to saying there's got to be more. Oh, and I'm so glad you mentioned the phrase stage of faith, because that's that is a piece of this. You and I have talked numerous times about the book by Janet critical journey Bergen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, the critical journey. I highly recommend that there are several other um, people who have written on stages of faith. Brian McLaren has done a nice job with a chart in the back of, um, his book, faith after doubt, um, with a variety of stages of faith from a variety of people who've written on it because it's been written on, on 
in Catholic and Protestant circles. Mm -hmm. I'm sure others do, but can I just put a caveat out there? These books are not, if you're here, you should be here. They're not that at all. Good. They're just, they're just framing. Here's what stages the early stages are. Here's these middle stages. Here's later stages. You just find yourself. Yes. Then you can ask questions if you dare, (laughs) (laughs) or if you're interested. Yeah. Um, but it's not, uh, it's, it's not, um, forceful. Like you should be here. There's no should. Yeah. Yeah. So something that's bubbled up is you're noticing, um, people in your practice and your husband's spiritual direction practice, both of you are seeing these questions arising, um, about God, about faith and so forth. And you're also struck by, uh, people who are moving toward healthy faith and those who, who are resisting. Yes. Um, and, and that there are, I I think the other piece too, that, um, is people who you would assume leaders, you know, let's, let's say Christian leaders who are struggling just like the next person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I, I, again, I, I go back to, I think about my childhood and uh, even young adult faith when so many things were also taken out of context. I think I, I have a whole different way of reading the Bible now that gets mm-hmm. talked about in spiritual direction as well. Uh, and I think of something that we talked about with Marla too. She she was helping someone write a book and she talked about that definition of love, um, love being the commitment to wholeness. Mm-hmm. I've really been thinking about that mm. since our conversation. I really mm. liked that. And what have um, you been thinking? Well, that, you know, it's not a, it is not a fly by night thing, this love, you know, we, I think you said, whenever you hear the word love in scripture, you insert the word God, right? Mm-hmm. God is love or whenever, you know, so yeah, because scripture says God is love God is love. And mm-hmm. that's pretty big as, as we start expanding our view of God, which I think happens as our experience of faith deepens. Um, so this expansive view of love um, being the commitment to wholeness, it's much more of a full orbed looking at mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that even encompasses, as you talked about uh, last time in our conversation, um, shalom and that mm-hmm. fuller, deeper, bigger, wider <laughs> uh, um, definition of peace. We throw out the word peace and then we we go, oh, shalom, the Hebrew word. Well, it's different. The def- de- Let's hear that definition. I've got the definition but, here. A Hebrew okay. word meaning peace harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, mm-hmm. welfare, and tranquility. I've heard the word flourishing be added in there, but I think all those things you said really right. are that. And that's just one, uh, that's just that's, one definition. That's I've so also good. heard added the absence of war. Yeah. And when I look at the Christians who are promoting interpersonal <laughs> conflict, I'm just like, this is not shalom. And, you know, Jesus said, Hey, you know, peace to you. He used this word in the gospels. This was not foreign. This is a huge part of Hebrew theology, really. And, you know, as, as Christ followers and 
even Jews look forward to God's shalom at the end of whatever, you know, this is the end of the world, or, you know, they're looking for shalom. I think one of the other things that comes to the forefront for me is how much of my younger years, maybe even college years at a Bible college was spent studying epistles and Paul and everything other than Jesus. I, and I, I just, go there. <laughs> I am going to go there because I have just personally been so, um, I think fallen deeper in love with Jesus as I have just gone back to the gospels and stayed there and stayed there and stayed there. Hey, you cannot go wrong learning about Jesus. If we know Jesus, we know the father. Yeah. Right. We know God. So, well, and Marla talked about that when we spoke with her, she's incredulous that people who are balking at some of these things mm-hmm. about the oppressed and the poor, she's, she's saying, but God came to earth and told us this, mm-hmm. told us that we should pay mm-hmm. attention to those people, gave us a framework and a structure and told us what we should do. And we really have come to a place, sadly, in, and I can only speak for the country in which I live, which is America, come to a place where we don't care. Ugh. We don't care. Ugh. And that seems kind of scary to me. That to me reminds me of Old Testament stories when Israel was disobedient to God. And the next thing you know, they're in Babylon or exile, or there's no rain or, you know, God's trying to get their attention saying, you're not going the way I'm trying to tell you to go. Right. Right. But there's always a remnant, right? But yes. usually they get killed. <laughs> the prophets Great. get killed or not listened to. <laughs> so there's another part of all of this. You know, if you dare to go into these waters, get ready for nobody to see you out there in the deeps or no one to want to join you or to say the water's mm-hmm. too cold or they're not going to go there. And we're, we're up on the porch eating strawberry shortcake. Right. You know, the numbers are oh. few. And the numbers were few that followed Jesus. And in the end, he was very alone. And all yeah. of this cost him his life. And, and a bunch of them got killed after he left the earth. Mm-hmm. Too. Wah, like, wah, oh, wah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I exactly. didn't think we were going to get to that. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? Um, I, I'm remembering. Uh, I don't know if I'll remember it rightly, but I mean, this is a this is a message of a female preacher from 1995. I even remember the year. Mm. And she, she was talking about sin and that there, there are, you know, it's not always easy to stand up. I guess it's not always easy to be the remnant. Let's just say that. Right, right, right. You're, no, you know, it's not easy to be oh. the rem- remnant. But if we wholeheartedly follow, if we go down that road, um, I just remember the, the, strength that she said this, God will make it worth it mm-hmm. when we follow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can, I, you know, this is an ancient <laughs> 1995 is ancient message that has come back to me more and more uh, recently that, that it is, it, it's, I'm saying it is not easy. Worth it is not necessarily easy. I'm finding I would rather be in the company of people who don't have faith or mm. people who are part of the remnant than those others that do not exemplify personal or spiritual maturity. They are, that is just a whole lot of negative energy. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and so to your point, Anita, you know, it may be the company of few, but it may be extremely rewarding and perhaps the most rewarding in our, in our lives. And it's, it's called being true to ourselves and, and knowing, knowing God in incredible new ways, incredible yeah. new ways. Well, and I have to say, um, one of the reasons I look forward to podcasts that I do with you, not, I mean, there've been, I get to talk to great people and you and I have through the years, right? That's, but it's the quality of just a conversation, not, we're not looking at a book. We're not, you know, mm -hmm. we might be talking about a topic, but the depth of conversation because of who we are, our choices and decision to keep growing, keep going certain directions, even if it's hard and to keep talking about it, whatever it is at the time, you know, uh, I mean, that's not small. I, there aren't a lot of people that I can have that quality and depth of conversation with, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say. Which is a, a good maybe time to talk about getting a group of people together as you find them. Sometimes it's online. Like I know Marla, if you follow her on Instagram yeah. or she's some on Facebook, she will dialogue with you. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. well, I even think of Scott McKnight, you know, back yeah. in the day we had him on midday and then I'd email him with all these questions. And a lot of it was about women's roles. That's what kind of torqued me and got me going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking for something else, but you know, lots of times these people will dialogue with yes. you. Yes. Yes. And agree. they're passionate about this topic and they would be willing to speak with you, but are there others around you? Is there one other person you could get together with? I know one of, uh, we have a mutual friend in Indiana and she has gotten reunited with a friend from high school who's gotten turned on to the Enneagram. And yep. so they are beginning to meet and find camaraderie about a tool that's been used for centuries to look deeper personally and spiritually. So we can pray, we can ask God for these people in our lives, um, be they people of faith or people yeah. who are part of the remnant, I guess yeah. we're going to call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I have learned so much here in California from people who don't have a relationship with God. And I'll echo times, that I've, here too. I'll yeah, echo that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you know, I didn't grow up in that kind of environment. It was like, uh, -uh it's us versus them. So this has kind of been a wide ranging conversation, yeah. but I think we had some afterthoughts about our conversation yeah. with Marla. And I also, you can help me say this, Anita, what did she say? Um, okay. Wouldn't you rather investigate and be assured that you're right and they're wrong, or maybe that you were wrong? Wouldn't you want to know if you've yeah. been wrong or something needs to yeah. grow, or maybe you want to know if you're right? Yeah. Wouldn't so you... again, it takes courage. It does. Absolutely. And I want to say that, like you said, we've been, you know, a variety of places, but it's been a, a, probably along a similar theme. And I'm going to post um, on the website and in the show notes, um, the Deeply Formed Life book by Rich Velotis and also by Pete's critical journey, really healthy spirituality. I'm and thinking you got some great journey. titles you could You're post right. today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Several Richard Rohr's so book. post that stuff. And yeah, good. Thank you. You're reminding me of others that have been mentioned. So and, and yes. here's something else I'd like to say too, you know, we have to get over this, follow the leader. Think for yourself. The teacher oh, may be wrong. Thank you. And 
even these newer voices, thank you, you know, yep. Rich or Pete or who, whomever, Richard Roar, you don't have to subscribe to everything. No, but read our... and weigh it. You know, right. re- yes. Thank you for saying that. Right, right, right. Well, this has been invigorating. Thank you. (laughs) Loved it. Good to talk. That was a fascinating conversation we had with her. And I know it, it it kept us thinking after the fact. Yes, absolutely did. So, and we kept the conversation going. Yes, we did. I've heard we should do that. (laughs) Yes. Way to go. Uh, Well, thanks. Thank you for this today. Good to have you. And yes, you already said it. Tell, Tell everyone to keep the conversation going. 